In this episode, I talk about music from Willie Nelson, Kurt Vile, and Japanese Breakfast, along with the movie Drop Dead Fred and the TV show How I Met Your Mother. Super hot topical all around on this one. But that's what we're doing. I'm your host, Derek Brink, and you are listening to Empty Checking. Hey there, Checkmates, it's your old Uncle Derek coming to you on a really warm day here in St. Louis, Missouri. First really warm day we've gotten of this particular season. Uh, Spring has sprung and turned into summer because that's how it works in St. Louis. We do not get transitional weather. We get 70 70 degrees one day and then 90 degrees the next. That's how it works here. Hope it's uh, a little bit more pleasant, or at least a little bit more uh, uh, easy to transition into wherever you are. A lot of you are in St. Louis. Uh, Good to be back with you. I hope you all enjoyed the last episode, the debut of the Fab 15. That's going to be recurring. A couple of you have contacted me, actually, and told me that you enjoyed that. That is good news, because it will keep happening. Sorry about the noise that you just heard. The cats are in the room with me. Hi, John Cohen McGuire. Uh, Up until I hit record on this, John Cohen was very peacefully sitting and napping on the counter here right next to me. I'm recording this in my kitchen. And uh, McGuire was sitting very peacefully and quietly behind the vertical blinds at the back door, which is actually where he still is. But I started recording, and John Cohen decided he wants to fight. So he's trying to get McGuire's attention, and it's uh, it's going so-so, basically. Uh, yeah, so the cats are here. You might hear them throughout the episode. That's just something that you've got to live with as, uh, as the show goes on. There are cats in the house now, and sometimes there will be cat noises. Hopefully nothing too alarming, but uh, they like to roughhouse. They're both boys. They're 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 young men. They're young gentlemen. They're uh, about six months old, so they're uh, they're still rambunctious and uh, kittenish, even though they really look like full-grown cats these days. These boys have grown up so fast, but they uh, they like to wrestle still, basically. So they're around, and they're doing great. Um, John Co. Sometimes when he uh, uh, is mad at me or sad because I yelled at him, doesn't eat his dinner. Uh, which he did tonight. He nibbled at it a little bit and then turned up his nose at it, and I understand I had to yell no at you earlier, buddy, because you were doing something that was a no, Uh, but that uh, was too close to dinner time, and it made you upset. I understand, and I forgive you, and I love you. Uh, McGuire, I also love you too, but uh, there's nothing to forgive with you right now. I'm sure you'll do better tomorrow. Um... Or different tomorrow, maybe not better. Uh, But yeah, what was I saying? The Fab 15. The debut of the Fab 15 was the last episode with my brother Dave. That's going to be back. Uh, Thank you all who have contacted me to to tell me what your favorite Beatles song is. Uh, My dad actually contacted me to talk about his favorite Beatles stuff, which I wrote down. Let me see if I can find where I wrote it. Um, So you're hearing pages turn. Here we go. 
my dad called me to tell me that he listened to the episode and enjoyed it. Uh, and he said that the first Beatles song he ever heard, uh, my dad is a product of the 60s, by the way. First one he ever heard was probably I Want to Hold Your Hand. And he said it was just mind-blowing that, wow, we've never heard anything like that before. Which uh, I can imagine, but also can't. Uh, but he said that was the first thing he ever heard. And he said that his favorite track was one that neither Dave nor I mentioned, and that's the title track from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. He just said the first time he heard that album, there was absolutely nothing like it. It was insane. It just blew his mind. And, you know, that first song is his is his favorite song, is uh, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And uh, I, I can say that that was on and off and on and off my list. It, it ultimately ended up off my list, and I just had a day in the life on there. Um, as my brother said early on in that episode, whatever your list is for the Beatles, you're right. Uh, and we just kind of, we both just sort of drew from whatever ours was. Everybody has such a personal experience with their music that uh, uh, some of you think we're crazy for the songs we selected. Uh, some of you think we were right on. Some of you have not heard of some of the songs that we selected. I hadn't heard of one of the songs we selected. Uh, but I've, I've listened to And Your Bird Can Sing since, which I just did... I, I, of course I remember it now. I didn't know that was the name of it, but I've listened to it. And yeah, that especially knowing what I know about Dave, that absolutely belongs in his top five. Uh, but it, it, was a, it was a fun episode. And it seems like a lot of you had fun with it. The download numbers look good. And uh, uh, some of you have contacted me with your personal favorites. And there's, there's a lot of Hey Jude in there, man. Uh, and a lot of people saying Hey Jude should have been one on both of our lists rather than two on both of our lists. But, uh, which you're probably right. I think we even that, that uh, night said, boy, maybe that should have been number one, you know. And, uh, but uh, it, it was a good episode. It was a lot of fun. Uh, in the photos that I put up on the blog, I'm irritated that I failed to post a picture of the Rufus Wainwright Poses album on which his version of Across the Universe appears. Uh, I'm also disappointed listening back to the episode that didn't talk more about the I Am Sam soundtrack, which has the Amy Mann and Michael uh, Penn version of Two of Us on it, but also that entire album is really cool, weird covers of Beatles songs like Nick Cave is on it. And, I mean, if you just say Nick Cave is on it, you know it's going to be weird and different. So it's, it's check out the I Am Sam soundtrack at some point. You'll get some really cool Beatles covers out of that. So I think that's all the business that I want to do coming out of last week's episode. Uh, I'm here. My cats are here. My couch that I uh, ordered on March 23rd is not here because the place that I ordered it from, whose name... I'm withholding at the moment, but I, I, I don't like them. Uh, I, I, you know, that's not fair. I do like them. I don't like the way they've handled the situation that they're in. The, the store that I'm, that I'm working with didn't have it in stock, which I knew when I ordered it. They told me it would be three to four weeks. They are now saying it will be sometime in June, probably. Uh, remember, order date, March 23rd. So sometime in June, probably. That's a little bit more than three to four weeks. My couch, by the way, my previous couch, has been gone for two weeks because I trusted them. Uh, but they're in a situation where supply chain stuff, if that's a real thing, uh, has uh, limited their stock and limited their access to new stock and so on and so on and so on. And uh, I got the short end of that stick. 
basically, instead of telling me, hey, it's going to be a couple months on this, they said, hey, it's going to be three to four weeks, which was a lie. And I think they knew that that was a lie, but I think they needed to clinch the sale. If you had just told me that it had been a little bit longer, guys, I probably still would have ordered that same couch or one of similar value to you, maybe even one a little bit more expensive. And you would have gotten more of a commission, sales guy. Uh, but no, you told me it was going to be three to four weeks, which you have to have known wasn't true. And I'm mad about that because... And, and I'll be honest with you, if I hadn't gotten rid of the old couch, because if I hadn't believed them and gotten rid of the old couch at week three, thinking it would be in in week four, I wouldn't be that upset. But I've been without a couch for so long that I'm kind of getting used to it. I'm sure the cats are used to it. It's actually going to be a problem for them now when I bring in a new couch. That's going to be an issue now. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm kind of used to not having one, which is bad. I don't want to be used to not having a couch. I, if, I, if I go to your house sometime soon and you have a couch... Uh, don't be surprised if I just have no fucking clue how to sit on it. I, 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 I don't know how they work anymore. It's been gone so long. Uh, I exaggerate, of course. Uh, but I, I, I actually kind of like this space being this open that I'm sitting in right now. I absolutely wish that I had a couch to kind of sit on and lounge on and, you know, watch TV and lay on and fall asleep on and stuff like that and cuddle with my cats on. But I, I actually kind of like how open this space is, and I'm, it's actually sort of got me thinking about the configuration of the room a little bit differently, and does the couch really need to go where it was? Do I maybe want to push it up against a wall rather than have it right in front of the TV? And I don't know, you know? Like, it, it almost feels like I don't need one, even though I totally do. Uh... I don't know, I'm mad about that, man. But I'm also enjoying that uh, there is a recliner in the cat's room that I keep going and sitting in and reading, and the cats keep jumping up in the recliner with me and taking naps with me and cuddling and purring. And I, I sort of love that part. I love that part of the relationship with the cats. I also love that I get to sit there and read books and things, and that's, that's sort of my happy place anyway. So I, I don't fully hate it, but I do hate being lied to. And that's that's kind of where we are on the couch, situ couch situation, if I can pronounce the word couch correctly, which apparently I can't. Uh, I am drinking beer <laughs> as I'm recording this. I'm drinking the Breckenridge Brewery Vanilla Porter. Uh, I'm actually drinking it out of the full pint-sized cans that uh, I guess I should actually call it the Nitro Vanilla Porter, because it's got that nitrogen aspect that uh, activates when you open it like Guinness does. And I will tell you this, that makes it a lot better. The uh, bottles have always been slightly disappointing to me. The Nitro cans, ooh, this is a good beer. The Vanilla Porter from Breckenridge Brewery, that's, that's a good damn beer. I've, I've before said that it's okay, not great. By the way, sorry if you just heard my phone vibrate on the count on the counter here. We're in a weird situation. I have no couch. Uh, I, I've I've previously before said that the the vanilla porter is okay but not great, and then I had it in the cans because that intrigued me. And it is a really good beer. I'm enjoying it a lot. I take back what I said about the bottles. Well, maybe I don't. Maybe I just encourage you to get the get the cans if you're gonna 
if you're going to sample the Breckenridge Brewery Vanilla Porter. It's really, really good. Breckenridge makes several good products. I really like their uh, Avalanche Ale as well. That's one of my go-to uh, ales. But uh, the Vanilla Porter in the can, ooh, ooh, good beer. The Vanilla really comes to the forefront with that uh, nitro-infused situation. So anyway, if you like the show, <laughs> no transition into that. If you like the show, there's a companion blog over at emptychecking.blogspot.com. The show itself is hosted at emptychecking.podbean.com. If you want to know more about me, it's over at derekbrink.com. There's stuff to click on there. It's mostly about my music career, and if you like the music that you hear throughout the show, go on over to derekbrink.bandcamp.com. You can download it for free. I don't collect your email address. Just enter zero as your purchase price, and I don't care if you... If I, I don't know that you took it. I do care that you took it. I'll know that somebody took it. They don't tell me who took it. And like I said, I don't collect your email address. Uh, I would just love it if you loved it. I got confused on what I was saying there at some point, and uh, that is what came out. Please go download my music, please. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sorry about this. We've got a lot to talk about today. I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be a fun episode. It's certainly going to be fun for me. We'll see if it's fun for you, I guess. Checkmates, as we start this segment, I have a sweetly snoring Jonko on the counter next to me. He found his way up here, and he's laying down, and he looks all cute, and he's nodding off. What a sweet boy. Oh, he heard me. He's moving. Hey, buddy. All right. Uh, sorry. I uh, I love my cats, and I, I really like when they do stuff. Uh, he's, he's, he's gone now, I'm talking, and he left. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I love these guys. I want to talk to you about some new music that came out. Well, mostly new music. Some of it's uh, a little bit older. Um, but it's all uh, in my house. Uh, I want to start by talking to you about the new album by Kurt Vile. It's called Watch My Moves. Kurt Vile, of course, previously associated with the War on Drugs. He then became Kurt Vile and uh, finally released what is really his major label debut with Watch My Moves. He uh, did the ballsiest thing I think I've ever seen anyone do, and on the little sticker on the front of the album cover, it has a quote from himself saying that it's a masterpiece. Uh, I love the energy of that. I love the self-confidence of that. I uh, slightly disagree with the assessment of that. I liked Bottle It In a lot better, and my favorite is still Waking on a Pretty Days. Uh, but it's a pretty good album. If you like Kurt Vile, you're gonna like it. It's guitar-based, dreamy-ass rock and roll. I don't have a lot to say about it. Watch My Moves is... Uh, I'm glad that he's on a major label, finally. 
Uh, but otherwise, if you're a Kurt Vile fan, you know what you're going to expect on this album. And good news, you're going to get it. Because, like, I kind of, I actually kind of hate that thing where, like, it's an artist that you never know what to expect next, which honestly is what I go for in my own career, so I, maybe I shouldn't talk. But I, I kind of hate that thing where, like, oh, I have no idea what they're going to do next. And, like, their their next album might be great or it might suck. Uh, but... I, I kind of like knowing that, um, well, for example, if you're an ACDC fan, you know what the next ACDC record is going to sound like, and that's comforting. If you're, I mean, if you're a Ramones fan, you know what the, I mean, there's not going to be a next Ramones album, but if you pick up a Ramones album, you know what it's going to sound like, and that's comforting. If you're a ZZ Top fan, same thing. If you're a Kurt Vile fan, this sounds like Kurt Vile. And you're going to be happy with that. And I was happy with that. It's got that same dreamlike quality to it that makes you drive through stoplights and not think about it. I, I, I think maybe that's the problem. Kurt Vile's getting bigger so people can't drive anymore because they're listening to him. That might, be, that might be what's happening. I don't know. But it's got that same quality about it. The first time that happened to me was when I heard Waking on a Pretty Days for the first time. I just zoomed right through a stoplight, and, like, I, I kind of realized it when I was through. I was like, oh, I just pissed off, like, six people. And uh, they're right. This is my fault, and a little bit Kurt Vile's fault. Uh, but here we are on the other side of the street. And uh, <laughs> it's just his music has that quality to it. You just listen to it, and you kind of get lost in it. And Watch My Moves definitely does that it's a good album i don't know what to say other than it's a good album i will be honest with you i doubt that it's headed to my top 10 for the year although frankly up till now it's been pretty slim pickings so maybe uh but i i kind of i kind of doubt it uh not because of any quality problems with the album just that it, it there's going to be other stuff that it's going to come out that I'm going to think about more and that I'm going to feel more strongly about. Uh, the Kurt Vile album, the new Kurt Vile album, is just good. It's just a good good time. It's just good to listen to. It's great music to put on and just kind of lose yourself in. And that might not be my favorite things of the year. That, t that type of music might not be among my favorite things of the year. But... It's going to be something that I'm going to return to a lot when, especially in moments where, man, I just need to put something on and get away from whatever I'm feeling right now. I'm going to turn to the new Kurt Vile album for a little while. Kurt Vile's music, I, I, I guess this can be said of all music, but this is certainly how I feel about his stuff. Kurt Vile's music helps people. It helps us escape, and that's a wonderful gift that he gives to people. So check it out. Check out the new Kurt Vile album. It's worth your time. I really liked it. Another artist whose music I've been enjoying this week that really offers no surprises in the stuff that I've been listening to, but that I've been enjoying nonetheless, is Willie Nelson. I've actually been listening to two of his more recent re releases uh, because I, I picked up his newest one, A Beautiful Time. I picked that up the day after it came out. But my brother 
also had gifted me a copy of the Willie Nelson Family, his album right before that that came out in 2021, which I hadn't listened to. Uh, I, I, uh, Dave told me that he was going to give that to me and then it had been a while and he finally gave it to me and I said, oh yeah, I forgot you were going to give that to me. I almost bought it myself, which was true, but I, I don't know what stopped me, probably serendipity. Uh, but Dave gave me that and, uh, I listened to it and I have listened to, uh, the new one as well, A Beautiful Time. I've been on kind of a Willie Nelson thing lately because, um, I don't want to get heavy in this episode, but there have been some recent, uh, losses in my family. Uh, a couple of people have passed away, um, and, uh, that's been kind of weighing on my heart, and one of the, one of the musicians that just reminds me of the end of the family that has been going through these losses is Willie Nelson, and I just sort of, I think of Willie Nelson, and I think of my Uncle Eddie, who, uh, has been, dealt a lot of serious blows here lately, and uh, I, I sort of heard about some of what was going on with uh, uh, people very close to Eddie. I'm trying not to reveal too many details. It, it seems inappropriate to do so, um, but I, I was thinking about some of what he's going through, and it just made me want to hear Willie Nelson, and right at roughly that same time, my brother gave me the Family album, and uh, also A Beautiful Time came out, what, last week, week before? So it just kind of seemed like the stars were aligning for me to listen to Willie Nelson. Um, I really love both albums. I'll talk about the most recent one, A Beautiful Time, first. Uh, really no surprises in it. Uh, I really liked the song I Don't Go to Funerals. It kind of fit uh, my mood and the reasons that I was listening to him. Um, I liked that a lot. I was very happy with that, and uh, I, I I liked the kind of stinger at the end that he said that he doesn't go to funerals and he sure won't be at his own. Uh, that's, I, I just, I, I love that thought. Um, I love that there is a cover of Tower of Song by Leonard Cohen on it. I'm a huge Leonard Cohen fan, as many of you will know. I loved hearing that. It was just so nice to he to have that song done by Willie Nelson. It's also really cool that he covered with a little help from my friends, the Beatles song. Uh, really cool to hear Willie do that. Really cool to hear a solo version of that because he didn't have the background singers going, you know, do you need anybody? I think he did have a, a background singer, but it was mainly Willie singing, do you need anybody? I need somebody to love, you know, and he was just answering his own question, which I don't know, adds an interesting little depth to the song. Um, it's a good album. I'm really enjoying it. I, again, don't know if it's destined for my top 10 of the year, but it's comforting to hear from Willie Nelson. But uh, I'll tell you this, Checkmates, the thing that I've really been appreciating is the Family album, the Willie Nelson Family album. Because that's, uh, it's, it's Willie with members of his family, his daughters Paula and Amy, his sons Lucas and Micah. Uh, Lucas, of course, also known for Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real, or just the Promise of the Real, or working with Neil Young. Uh, and Sister Bobby, also playing on it. We lost Sister Bobby in the last year, 
And that made me sad. I'm glad that I got to see her play live a couple of times. Um, free advice, folks. Go see the Legends while we still have them. Because in the time that I've seen Willie Nelson, we've lost Bobby and, and Paul. And uh, I love them both. And I, I'm very glad that I got to see them both. And uh, a lot of you may be haven't gotten to see him, you know? Go see Willie if you get a chance to see Willie. Uh, he just lost his sister, man. Go see him. Let him know you love him. I should probably take my own advice and see when he's coming to town. Um, a lot of really cool songs on the Family album. I'm sad that I didn't know about this album in 2021. It might have made the top ten. Uh, he's, he does Family Bible on there, he does In the Garden, the old hymn, There's, it's actually fairly hymn and, and spiritual heavy. He does George Harrison's All Things Must Pass, that's actually sung by, uh, uh, Lucas. He does I Saw the Light by Hank Williams. Uh, Keep, all, Keep It on the Sunny Side by A.P. A. P. Carter, that's on here. Ends with Why Me by Chris Christopherson, which... The fact that he released this album, then Sister Bobby died, and he did Why Me by Chris Christopherson, that that hit my heart, you know? Willie Nelson is a national treasure. You can't go wrong with whatever album you pick up. But I'll tell you this, I think I have every album that he's done since 2010. I think I have all of the 2010 onward releases and those are really great releases from a guy who we've been assuming is at the tail end of his career for at least 10 years maybe longer than that and he's still putting out great music and still putting out music that feels like home and comfort and and relief and understanding and peace and patience and I think we all need that I've really loved listening to Willie Nelson this past week. Maybe you should do likewise. Anybody who knows me, if you need a playlist, I will get you a playlist. Okay? Okay. Oh, checkmates, I'm not gonna lie to you. I am on my third Vanilla Porter of the evening, and uh, I think the fact that I got so wrapped up in talking about Willie Nelson... Is, uh, is is making that clear. One more to talk about, and then we're going to move on to something else. I want to talk to you about an album that actually came out last year, but I listened to it this year, similar to the Willie Nelson thing, although I don't know how much further removed you could get stylistically. Um, I want to talk to you about the newest one by Japanese Breakfast, called Sable. It's actually a soundtrack album. It's the soundtrack to a video game, which I have not played because it's only on PC and on none of the platforms that I personally own. Uh, well, I, that's unfair. I do own a PC. I just don't do a lot of PC gaming. Uh, not a Steam guy, because I know that if I became a Steam guy, that is all I would do. <laughs> that is 100% of my laptop memory would be taken up with online gaming, there would be no room for music or pornography, and uh, I just you gotta you gotta draw the line somewhere. 
Apparently, I draw the line after pornography, but before gaming. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I have not played the Sable game. I cannot talk about if the Sable game is any good or not. But I've fallen in love with Japanese breakfast over the last couple of years. Really over the last year, I guess, because I talked about the Jubilee record when it came out. Uh, so I guess over the last year, I've fallen in love with Japanese breakfast. So I knew Sable came out, and at first I thought, eh, I, I don't know the game, and also it's going to be a game soundtrack, so it's going to be very sparse and very different from what I'm used to from Japanese Breakfast. Maybe I can skip that one, you know? I, I, I thought maybe I don't need that one. But it keeps coming up in my periphery. People keep mentioning it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give it a try. Because, frankly, the most recent mention I've seen of it is a guy who has never steered me wrong. Mark with a C. The performer Mark with a C mentioned it and put it in an ongoing Twitter thread of stuff he's listening to. And uh, uh, he, he kind of name-checked it. And I went, Ugh, I was on the fence about it, but Mark likes it, and there's nothing Mark has recommended that I've hated. You know, so I'm going to give it a try because I already like what Japanese Breakfast does. So I picked it up, and I listened to it, and it's sparse, and it's different, and it's not what they, or I guess she, normally does. It's not, it doesn't really fit in with the rest of the catalog for Japanese Breakfast. It's, a, it sounds like a soundtrack, it sounds like a game soundtrack. It's not what I want out of a new album, and I love it. It's so ambient and nice and relaxing and just kind of, it just kind of sets a mood, which I guess is really what video game music is supposed to do these days. I mean, back when I started gaming, it was the original Nintendo system, and, you know, you played uh, Super Mario Brothers, and it was just da 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 It was just, you know, to tell you, hey, you are playing a video game and having fun. That was the purpose of the music in the 8-bit world. Or, like, when someone talks to me about video game music, for some reason, the first thing that pops into my head is the music from 3D World Runner which I don't know if any of you have ever played, but the music to that was... Just on a loop. And that is what is in my head forever from the 8-bit world. That's what music for video games was when I was a kid, was you are having fun and playing a video game, and here is sound to amplify that. But uh, <laughs> gaming has changed a lot since the 1980s or 90s, whenever that was. And now you've got much more atmospheric qualities. You've got, uh, well, you're in a world where someone can release a soundtrack of a video game. That didn't happen in my day, uh, but it is happening now. And uh, the soundtrack to Sable, really beautiful, really beautiful. I've listened to it more than once. I've listened to it more than five times. I've listened to it probably more than ten times. I've had the album for a week and a half. It just keeps getting played. 
to the point where the cats are like, oh, hey, this again. You know, and they're kind of like, oh, yeah, all right, this is the relaxing stuff that, that we like. You know, and earlier today I was playing it, and I didn't get a picture of it. I'm so mad at myself for not getting a picture of it. I was playing it, and uh, my little guy, John Co., my little kind of, he's classified brown tabby, but there's a lot of gray and black in there. My uh, My little gray guy, I call him. He was just sprawled out on the carpet in front of the speakers in the living room, just kind of vibing, just kind of going, yeah, I get it. I understand why we keep listening to this. And, like, it was a place of comfort for my cat, you know? And that's kind of great that uh, that I can share something I love with these little guys. McGuire was, you know, hanging out somewhere. He was fine. But Jonko was like, yeah, man, I get this, you know? And <laughs> and uh, uh, he kind of earned some points with Dad tonight. Uh, McGuire, you earned some points, too, uh, just by being your normal sweet self and by finishing all of your dinner. And by uh, uh, you uh, got in my lap earlier today and just kind of hung out while I was working. Um, and I could tell it was summer because after you got out of my lap, uh, my black t-shirt and my jeans, uh, it looked like you exploded because there was just hair everywhere. But uh, you didn't explode. You're right there, right now, looking at me from behind the blinds. Hi, baby. Love you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, The Sable Album by Japanese Breakfast. Big hit with me, big hit with my cats. It's uh, just really beautiful music. And it, again, it sounds like a video game score today. Not not the da 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 Not that shit that I grew up with that I love, but that I grew up with. Not that. It sounds like the lush, vibrant scores that video games of today produce. It's uh, a wonderful entry into that world. Uh, I would hold it up against the video game titles, uh, like the, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I would hold it up against that soundtrack. I would hold it up against the Hollow Knight soundtrack. Uh, it's just really beautiful stuff, really gorgeous. I love it, I love it, I love it. I'm sorry I did not have it last year. It would have been on the top ten list. It just would have. I don't remember what was on the top ten list right now as I'm talking to you because I'm on my third uh, vanilla porter of the evening. But I, I, I know that this would have been on there. It would have bumped something off. It's a great release. Really love it. Really love it. Makes me want to dive deeper and deeper into Japanese breakfast's music. And really, isn't that what you want of a, out of a new release? A new release makes you revisit the old stuff. I, 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 I put the Jubilee album in my player while I drove to the grocery store today. Because I just want to live in the Japanese breakfast headspace for a little bit longer. Because I just listened to Sable sitting at home with the cats. It's a beautiful record. Really love it. Maybe you will too. Especially if you like to just kind of put on music and just sit and enjoy it. Or maybe you need to need something to read to. Or you need something to cook to. Or you need something to, you know, pet pet your cats too. Hi, Jonko. Jonko just got in my lap. Hey, buddy. Did you hear me talking about you? Yeah. Love you too. Oh, goodbye. All right.
Uh, that's that's what owning a cat is like. Sometimes they just kind of say hi and then leave. But uh, there's a lot of love there. Oh, oh he's back. Hi, buddy. You want to say anything to the people? You're not very verbal. You don't vocalize a lot. Your brother sings when he wants attention. Or sometimes just when he's pooping. Just to let you know that he's doing what he does and he's fantastic at it. He just, uh, uh, he'll just sing. You usually, uh, kind of meow when there's something that you think I need to pay attention to. Hey, don't go for my beer. You don't get beer. I love you. I love you so much you never get alcohol. Mm. That was me kissing him on the head. Right? Hey, buddy. Sorry, everybody. This turned into a uh, cat cast for a moment. A podcast, if you will, as I joked in a different episode. Hi, Jonko. Love you, buddy. Okay. See you later. Uh, all three of those albums. All three of those albums are great. The Kurt Vile album, the Willie Nelson album, I guess four albums, because I mentioned two Willie Nelson albums. Uh, uh, both, both of the Willie Nelson albums and Japanese Breakfast's new one. All great. Highly recommend all of them. Enjoy them. Have fun. Download them. Preferably buy them in physical format. Do whatever it is that you do, and just have a good time. Uh, we're going to talk about other stuff after whatever song I pick and post goes in right here. Old man comes through here every day, drinks his coffee and slips away. Sits there lonely in his chair, baseball cap covers his hair. Has his story like a song. Oh, checkmates, John Coe is watching me drink my beer, just like the guy that I named him after. Sweet boy. Hey, buddy. Uh, you guys are gonna have to put up with a lot of cat content as time goes by, because <laughs> these guys are gonna just keep being here. Um, maybe one day they'll hang out when their Uncle Dave is here, too. Hey, don't press buttons on the laptop. That could really fuck up the show. Uh, just, uh, just, just be around and be cute and be nice. That's, that's really all I ask of a cat, is that you be around and be cute and be nice. Okay, love you, buddy. Got a couple of things I want to talk about. That, uh, a couple viewing-type things, because we talked about music. We gave you an auditory experience there for a little bit. I want to talk about visual stuff. That is also auditory. It's uh, movies and TV shows are a multi-sensory experience, as I'm sure you're aware. I'm having a multi-sensory experience right now. I'm watching the sound wave build as I'm speaking, uh, and I'm also tasting and feeling the beer that I'm drinking. Uh, and also, uh, there's a cat here, which is uh, providing a number of experiences of its own. He is currently sniffing a stack of plastic cups that I keep on the counter that uh, apparently he's decided two months into the relationship are a problem. Uh, but uh, okay, it, it's, it's cool. Uh, he's moved on to a different part of the counter. He's sniffing a dish towel that I left there. He has sat down on the dish towel. He seems to find it soft and acceptable for his evening 
and he's cleaning his own back with his tongue. It's really cool that he can move that way. Um, what was I talking about? TV and movies. That's what we're talking about. I got a couple of things that I've been uh, I've rewatched recently. These neither of these is new to me, but they're both things that I've really loved in the past, and one of them I've never stopped loving, and the other I definitely did for a very long time. I want to talk about the thing that I've never stopped loving first, and that is the movie Drop Dead Fred. It's a movie starring Rick Mayall and Phoebe Cates. It was made in, I think, the late 80s, early 90s. That seems like information I should have had on hand before I started talking about it on the show. Uh, 1991 is when Drop Dead Fred came out. Rick Mayall, previously known from the British TV show The Young Ones, is probably the easiest place to kind of uh, point to as an inroad for him. Um, uh, Phoebe Cates, known for being Phoebe Cates, uh, she's <laughs> just kind of, uh, she's just one of those people. Uh, but both great actors. Um, Carrie Fisher, also in the movie, she shows up and is fun. And ap apparently, I don't know if this is true, I've heard rumor that she did some revision to the script. She did a little bit of ghostwriting on it. And if so, good God, she was a genius. Why didn't she write more scripts? Um, Drop Dead Fred is basically the story of a young woman who, as a child had an imaginary friend, the titular drop-dead Fred, played by Rick Mayall. Phoebe Cates, of course, is the young woman. She uh, is going through a stressful time in her life, a breakup and problems with her mother, and drop-dead Fred resurfaces, freed from her childhood trauma to wreak havoc in her adult life, convincing her to do crazy things that no adult would ever do, much like an imaginary friend, might convince a child. And it's uh, a grown woman coming to terms with the drop, the, the drop dead Fred, with the uh, imaginary friend of her... Uh, is drop dead Fred an imaginary friend? Do those have the same amount of syllables? Drop dead Fred, imaginary friend. Not even close. Sorry. Uh, it's a, it's a, a grown woman dealing with the imaginary friend of her childhood and uh, just kind of he's invading her adult life and making her look crazy and she's got to come to terms with that and put him in his place and and figure out why he's back and what that means and what her life is supposed to be now so that's that's what the movie is and i saw this i might have seen it in theaters when it first came out i definitely saw it when it first hit you know, VHS or cable or whatever we had at the time, I genuinely think I saw this movie in theaters because I got exposed to The Young Ones starring Rick Mayall and, uh, you know, the others. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I got exposed to that way too young. Like, I was watching that when I was like six, seven years old because my brother liked it and he's eight years older than I am and it, it appealed to his sensibility so it appealed to mine because I wanted to do what Dave did. Uh, so I got into The Young Ones, and, uh, suddenly Rick was in this movie, and I was like, oh, I know that guy, he's the silly, loud, weird guy from that, that show, and, uh, I, I, I saw this movie, and fell in love with it the way that you fall in love with something when you're 11, and, uh, I, it just kind of became a part of my life, and every time it came on cable, I watched it, and if it was 
you know, if someone had a copy of it on VHS, I watched it. I, I, I don't know that I had a copy of it other than what we recorded off the TV, uh, but if it was on anywhere near me, I watched it. I just, I, I loved this movie. It was so funny and irreverent and stupid and silly and sort of bawdy in its way. Um, it just made me happy, you know, for years and years. And it's, it's, it, I mean, it's a comedy. It's meant to be a comedy, but there's also some serious drama in it. Uh, there's actually a scene toward the end where the, uh, Phoebe Cates character is bidding farewell to the Rick Mayall character that informed the last episode of the TV show Community, uh, because Dan Harmon, who wrote that show, was trying to come up with an end for the arc between the Jeff and Annie character in the movie, and his, uh, then-girlfriend, maybe then-wife, I'm not sure, uh, said to him, well, have you ever seen Drop Dead Fred? And he said, no. And she said, there's a scene at the end of Drop Dead Fred where she kisses him, but it's not in any way sexual, it's not in any way erotic, it's a goodbye kiss, and it's very affectionate and appropriate, but not over the top and not unsettling. You know, and, he, and she said, you know, watch that, and maybe that'll help you. And he watched it, and he ended up doing almost frame for frame, the same kiss in Community between Jeff and Annie. Spoiler alerts to everything there. Um, but uh, it, it's it's just one of those movies that hit me at the right time in my growing up that I went, oh, <laughs> I understand this imaginary friend thing and how silly that is. But it also hit me in the level of like, oh, she's gotta move past her childhood into her adulthood. And I... I, I, I kind of get that, even though I'm just hitting my teen years. Yeah, I, I kind of get that. And it's it's a coming-of-age movie that maybe doesn't get labeled that. And it's one of those movies that I think is underappreciated. I think people don't think of it when they think of coming-of-age movies. I don't think of it. I don't think that, that they think of it when they think of Phoebe Cates. They probably do when they think of Rick Mayall, because he's got a limited uh, filmography. But... I I I think that in general, if you say to say if you say to somebody, "Hey, have you seen Drop Dead Fred?" They'll either say, "No," or they'll say, "Yeah, but it's been a long time," or they'll say, "Oh yeah, love that movie." Those are the three reactions you're gonna get. Um, rarely are you going to get the reaction of like, "Oh God, I hate that movie." Although I did get that from somebody, and I'm very disappointed in you. Terra. I thought we were friends. But uh, I I love this movie, and anybody except for my friend Tara, who has seen it, I think loves this movie on some level. I think it spoke to them in a way that maybe, maybe they needed at the time, whatever age they were when they saw it. And there's a new Blu-ray release of it. There's a new Blu-ray that came out. It's got some extra stuff on it, some documentaries and that kind of stuff, a commentary track. It's got cool art in the uh, booklet and stuff that I'll, I'll try to put pictures of on the blog if I remember. And uh, uh, it's just nice to have it on Blu-ray because it seemed like forever I've just been waiting for an official release of this thing or a release that I could 
get my hands on because by the time I thought to try to find it, you could only find used copies or, you know, way too expensive copies because people know that it's hard to find. There's now a Blu-ray release of it. And it's on blue. It's not even, it's not DVD, it's blue. And it just makes me so happy that it's out there and that I get to experience again. Let me try that sentence again. Sorry, that's the Breckenridge Vanilla Porter. It just makes me happy that it's out there and that I get to experience it again and that it's in my house and in my collection in a form that's gonna last a little while. You know, it's just nice to have the old favorites around. And Drop Dead Fred is definitely an old favorite of mine. Another old favorite of mine that became a not-so-favorite of mine at the time that it aired new is the TV show How I Met Your Mother. That's right, we're talking about Him Yim. That's the abbreviation, How I Met Your Mother, H-I-M-Y-M, Him Yim. Talking about that. Um, I understand that there's a follow-up series happening, I believe, right now that I am absolutely not watching. I don't really go in for reboots and stuff like that. Um, but if it's good, then fine, I'm happy for you. How I Met Your Mother is one of those shows that, at the time that it was airing, I was super into, and maybe you need to know what it is. It's... Uh, a show about a guy who is explaining to his children in the future how he met their mother. And the show is a nine-season, I think nine-season, long journey through him telling that story. Just telling about all the different relationships and all the different steps toward meeting the mother of the children. We don't know who the mother is for most of the series. We find out in the last or maybe second to last year... And uh, uh, it goes downhill from there, frankly. Um, but we, the, there's intrigue of, well, who is the mother? There's fun, there's comedy, etc., etc. This is the thing that put Neil Patrick Harris back on the map because he plays the character Barney Stinson in it and does a very good job. It's a very over-the-top character, uh, and he, uh, he has a lot of fun doing it, you can tell. It also kind of put, uh, and I, both had worked outside of this, but it really established Kobe Smulders as a, uh, as a, as a actress, and she's in the Marvel Universe now, for God's sake, uh, and, uh, Jason Siegel, who had done a lot of work before this, it really got him on his feet, uh, it was a show that Allison Hannigan, who didn't need to do it, did, and it, it sort of entrenched her in some people's hearts in a way that maybe Buffy the Vampire Slayer didn't. Uh, and uh, also Josh Radner plays the uh, guy who is looking for the mother. Um, that's the principal cast, and uh, it's it, that's what the show is. I fell in love with the show as it was airing, and I just got super into it and like understood it and was like, yeah, I see a lot of myself in the Ted Mosby character, etc., etc., and uh, I, I, I get what this is doing. And as the show went on, and we eventually found out who the mother was, and we got the spoiler alert, we got the disappointment of finding out that as soon as they introduced her, they also killed her off, and uh, then Ted ended up with Robin at the end of the series, which they had promised us from episode one they weren't gonna fucking do, 
and uh, all of the final season was the uh, wedding day of Robin and Barney, only to have them divorce in the final episode. Uh, a lot of letdowns in the final year of the show. I really grew to hate it. I had all of the series DVDs up to that point. The final, ser- uh, the final uh, season came out, and I immediately gave all of my DVDs away to a couple of guys, a couple of guys, to a family, <laughs> to a couple of guys, uh, one of whom is a woman, uh, to my friends who uh, were also into the show. I just said, look, I, I, I don't want these anymore. Do you want them? And they said, yeah, sure, we'll take them. And then they watched the final season, and I got texts and chats from both of them just saying, what was that? You know, that was garbage. And I don't think they wanted them either, but they kept them. Um, it took me... What close to ten years? When did this show go off the year? Go off the air? Uh, I just said the word uh, year instead of air. I heard it. Uh, the show went off the air in two thousand five, so not quite ten years. But it took me what is that? Uh, five, fifteen? No, it's been more than ten. I can't do math. Uh, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, uh, seventeen. Wow. 2005 was 17 years ago. That can't be right, can it? 2005 to 2015 is 10, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Holy fuck, this show has been off the air for 17 goddamn years. Uh, Or is that when it started? That has to be when it started. That was when it started. That feels a lot better. Sorry, it started in 2005. Which, even still, that doesn't feel great. Uh, Went off the air in 2014. That feels a lot better. So 14 to 24 is 8, or 22 is 8 years, because 24 would be 10. Okay, so it's been off the air for 8 years. Sorry about that. You got to hear me do math in real time, and it got ugly. Uh, That should be the episode title, Future Derek, as you're editing this. Okay, so I watched the uh, last episode eight years ago, and I hated it so much I gave away my DVDs, and I haven't touched the show since. I haven't wanted to see it. When it's been on regular TV and reruns, I've looked at it for a second and gone, nope, not ready, and moved on. And in the past couple of weeks, I don't know what changed. I really don't. I don't know what made me want to see it again. Maybe just the fact that it keeps popping up in my Prime recommendations, and I kind of thought, you know, there was a lot of that that I loved for a really long time. Maybe I need to watch it again. So you know what? I broke down and I started watching it again, thinking, you know what? I'm going to have fun at least for the first few seasons. And I watched the first season and was shocked by how poorly it has aged. uh, Because it's just, there's a whole lot of stuff that, I mean, the Barney Stinson character should not exist. Uh, Just horrible, horrible. Uh, Which is the point of the character, so that's how they got away with it. But, ouch. Uh, There's a lot, especially in that first season, that just shouldn't be. I will say that as it goes on... It ages a lot more cleanly than it starts. It kind of grows up a little bit, and you watch it growing up a little bit. Not so much 
and I, look, the, the the character of Ted Mosby is toxic. Uh, he is in the wrong a lot. Even his nobly John Cusackian version of what he thinks love should be, uh, even that is pretty toxic and pretty ugly when you look at it removed from the time that it was airing. But uh, it does do a good job of kind of reining that in and being stuck with it, because that's the premise of the show, but still sort of acknowledging that as we're doing it, times are changing and sort of updating and growing up a little bit. Um, as we talk right now, I'm in season six of that show. And there's been a lot that I've remembered and that I've had fun with. I mean, just hearing Let's Go to the Mall again. Come on. That puts a smile on your face, doesn't it? There's been a lot that I've enjoyed. There's been a lot that I've I've really gotten into. There have been a couple of moments that have sort of choked me up a little bit looking at this same show in my 40s. Um, I don't know how I'm going to feel as we transition into the end of the show. Because I really hated the end of the show. And we're reaching a point right now where it does feel a lot like filler episodes and does feel like they they need an end date. They need to put a clock on this thing, you know, because it's kind of going on too long. That's where we are right now in my viewing experience. At least that's what I'm feeling. I don't know how I'm going to feel about the end when I finally see it again for the first time in eight years. But I'm looking forward to it. I think knowing how it ends makes you view the show a little bit differently and makes you able to enjoy it differently. And that's that's really true of anything, I guess. I don't really have an end to this segment because I, I haven't finished watching that show. But I'll tell you this. Still being on the journey, I'm enjoying it. We'll see how I feel about the end, and maybe I'll report back to you, maybe I won't. It depends on if I remember to or not. But I'm enjoying the journey so far. And really, isn't that all you can ask, is to enjoy the journey? Because the end... The end is always gonna suck. Because it's the end, you know? But I'm having a lot of fun right now. And I'm happy about that. And I'm enjoying that. It took me eight years to get there, you know? Eight years and two cats, I guess, to get there. But it's a good time. Maybe uh, maybe that's a ride you want to take, too. It's streaming on Prime. There's also a DVD set out there. It's, uh, I'm a little bit upset at myself for having given away the DVDs right now. I'll be honest with you on that, because I would love to have the extra features in the commentaries. So, uh, Brandon or Kayleen, if you listen to the show, which, if you do, you've got four kids, man. What are you doing? Why are you wasting your time on this? Uh, but if you listen to the show, uh, I would love to have uh, those back if you've still got them. And you don't want them. If you want them, keep them. But if you don't want them, it'd be nice to see that again. Don't make me buy the box set. I'm going to buy the box set. I know it's going to happen. I just don't know when. But first, I'll, I'll see the end of the thing.
Maybe I'll report back to you. Or maybe not. We'll see. There will probably be at least one more Fab 15 episode before we get back to whether or not I finished How I Met Your Mother and how I felt about it. But that's uh, that's what I've been watching lately. It's been difficult to watch anything not having a couch, but uh, that's that's where I've been lately. So uh, I hope that was something, checkmates. If not, uh, sorry. Can I get a friend? Can I get something to believe in? This world has nearly beaten me But this world is not my home Oh, we are coming to the end of an episode. How did that happen? It seems like we just started, doesn't it? Uh, it does to me, but I'm the one talking. It's uh, it's probably a different experience uh, on your end. Um, it's been uh, it's been an interesting week for me. I uh, I bought a lawnmower this week, which that store had in stock. Unlike my fucking couch, um, I bought a lawnmower. Because the lawnmower that I had in my shed stopped working last year, and instead of buying one at that time, I uh, paid a friend to come over with his lawnmower and mow the lawn for me. Um, but this year I decided to do it myself, and I went out and bought one. And uh, I, I, bought a, I bought a Toro, if anybody needs to know. It's a Toro. It's the uh, cheapest uh, self-propelled one that I could find. Um, <laughs> that's not true. It's the second cheapest I could find. It's the cheapest one that I would, uh, buy. Because the, uh, cheapest one I could find was exactly the same one that is broken down in my shed. But, uh, it, it, it worked fine. It, uh, it cut the lawn just fine, like you wanted to. Uh, been a while since I've mowed a lawn. A little bit more to the story there than just that it was broken down last year, but it's been a while since I've mowed a lawn, and uh, it was interesting to use those muscles again. Uh, my legs still hurt. Um, and also I managed to pour gasoline on both of my hands and the driveway, which, uh, by the way, I just left it there, didn't clean it up, driveway still smells like gas. And uh, uh, I, I did that, and I think I've got poison ivy on one of my arms now because I've got a rather large poison ivy uh, weed back there that uh, I haven't cut down that I need to. But I've got a lawnmower, and I've got a working lawnmower, and that, it's weird how that felt like progress, you know? But it's there, and I'm happy with it. Coming up at the end of the month, we've got my birthday. My birthday is May 29th. I will be turning 42 years old. I will be the secret to life, the universe, and everything on that day. If you know that reference, good on you. Uh, I'll be turning 42. I'm kind of looking forward to it. This has been a different year for me. There's been, there's been a lot of exciting stuff that's happened this year. I am entering the next year of my life, the 43rd year, really, because I'm wrapping up the 42nd, because you don't start at 1, you start at 0. Uh, I'm going to be starting the 43rd year of my life maybe a little bit optimistic, 
And, folks, I'll be honest with you, it's maybe been since my 20s since that's happened. So, that feels different and kind of cool. And I've got these little guys to thank for it. They're both right here. Hi, John Co. Hi, McGuire. They kind of changed my whole deal. It's, uh, it's a whole other thing to live with love in your heart. You've just got love to point somewhere. That's a whole different set of feelings. You should maybe try that sometime if you haven't. I promise not to be too irritating about it. Although, like, this is probably peak irritation on that. So, uh, if this was too much for you, it'll probably be a little less in other episodes. But it's, it's been great having these little guys around. I'm looking forward to 42. And, uh, if you want to send me any birthday wishes or presents, May 29th is the day. Uh, that's, uh, that's what I got coming up. Uh, I think you'll get another episode from me after this, uh, solo, and, uh, Dave and I are gonna do another Fab 15 for you here pretty soon. That's gonna be pretty regular, regularly occurring. Regularly is a hard word to say when you've had three vanilla porters. That's, that's gonna be a, uh, <laughs> that's gonna be a thing that keeps happening, is me and Dave doing Fab 15 episodes. It will not always be the Beatles. It will... Uh, be different subjects. In fact, the next one that we have slated, which I hope actually comes out since I'm promoting it right now, is uh, the Fab 15 favorite soundtracks. And in that episode, we'll get into what our criteria was. But in the meantime, if you want to email me at db at derekbrink.com, shit, I didn't say that up top when I did all the promo stuff. I usually like to give the email address up top for the people who don't listen all the way through. If you want to email your suggestions for favorite soundtracks to db at derekbrink.com, they will be taken into consideration. Although I'm pretty locked into the list that I've already got. Uh, that will not be the next episode, probably. It will probably be the one after that or so. But look forward to it. It's going to be a great time when it happens. Always like having Dave on the show, and it seems like y'all are responding pretty well to him as well. So look for that. I'm sure it'll uh, pop up in the thing that you're listening to this on. In the meantime, thanks so much. Really appreciate having you as a listener. Really glad that you let me keep doing this show. Um, please continue to take the pandemic seriously, even though it seems like a lot of it's wrapping up. There's some warning signs out there that it it seems to be a little bit on the upswing, it looks like, even just looking at charts here in the in the St. Louis area. So please continue to be responsible, get vaccinated, get boosted, etc., etc. Uh, wear a mask when appropriate, social distance when appropriate, and so on. You know all of the stuff that you should be doing that you haven't been. Uh, but yeah, please continue to take the pandemic seriously. Please also remember that black lives matter, that trans rights are human rights, that uh, that women's rights are human rights, and that includes their right to get abortions if they choose to. There, I said it. Women's rights are human rights. I shouldn't have to tell you any of this, but apparently I do. Outside of that, please be good to each other, 
Be good to yourself, forgive each other, and forgive yourself. And while you're doing all that, check us out next time. Aw, John goes asleep.